talk for a few minutes about living with unfulfilled desires. Living with unfulfilled desires. For us to be successful in our Christian walk, for us to be successful in life in general, we must learn how to live with unfulfilled desires. It's important how we react when we never find the things after which we seek, the things we want but never get, the things we wish for but never receive, the things we pray for but never experience. As we deal with people on a daily basis, we constantly encounter people who are living with unfulfilled desires. Some have desired a career that never materialized. Some desired a marriage that never met expectations. Some simply desire peace of mind and contentment that they never seem to be able to enjoy. And this is what Paul is telling the Christians at Rome about in this seemingly simple statement. The letter was written during the early part of 57 AD during Paul's third missionary journey. Paul had never been to Rome, though he had a strong desire to go there. He also wanted to go to Spain, and he says in the text that Spain was his intended destination. This was more than a personal wish to visit a place where he had never gone. It was a spiritual ambition to spread the gospel throughout the known world. At this time, Euro-African geography was divided into two dominant cultures, the Roman culture and the Greek culture. Paul had proclaimed Christ to much of the Greek-dominated culture, but he had not yet been able to take the gospel to Rome. And beyond Rome, there was Spain and Germany and Great Britain. And Paul was driven by Christ's call on his life to take the gospel into every possible corner of the world. So deep in his heart, Paul had a desire to go to Spain. And on his way there, he wanted to make a stop in Rome and minister to the saints there. But as badly as he wanted to go, as worthy as his ambition was, as much as it was needed, it had not happened. It remained an unfulfilled desire. But still, he wants to go. So he writes to the people there, I'm headed for Spain. 
and I expect to stop off on the way to enjoy a good visit with you and eventually have you send me off with God's blessing. My brothers and sisters, there is a great message here for us about living with unfulfilled desires. Let's see what we can glean from this text. First, if we are to successfully navigate unfulfilled desires, we must not let what we can't do stop us from doing what we can. Paul couldn't go to Rome. He couldn't minister in Rome. He couldn't preach in Rome. But that didn't stop Paul from doing what he could. Read the epistle. Read Romans. It is one of the most poignant works of Christian theology in the New Testament. And it shows that even though Paul couldn't do what he desired to do, He didn't let unfulfilled desire stop him from doing what he could. Now, Shiloh, somebody needs to hear that this morning. Someone is at the point in life where they are hurt, upset, frustrated, and disappointed because they are not where they want to be in life. But the message of the text, the message from heaven today is don't let what you can't do stop you from doing what you can. As unfulfilled as you may think you are, know that somebody needs what you have. And when you start using what you've got, you come to realize that you may actually have more than you thought you had. The Lord taught that lesson to me early in my pastoral career. While I was serving the First Free Mission Baptist Church of New Orleans, Louisiana. It was January 31st, 1988. I was 26 years old and my second year out of seminary and pastoring my first church. It was the same night Doug Williams became the first black quarterback to lead his team to a Super Bowl championship. The game was not long over and I was watching the post-game show when my phone rang. It was a veteran member of the church and she was in great distress. Her son had just come into the house, gone into his bedroom, and in front of his two young nephews, shot himself in the head. She asked me to come and meet her at Charity Hospital where they were transporting him. I I quickly got dressed and made my way to the hospital, and when I walked into the emergency waiting room, the mother and two of her daughters were there in distress, and I had no words. I had nothing to say. I'm sure I looked like a deer caught in headlights. I felt completely overwhelmed by the situation. All I could do was sit where they sat and hold that mother's hand. 
And when the doctor came out and confirmed that this mother's son had died, she gripped me tightly. She threw her arms around me and she said two things. First, she cried, Lord Jesus. And then she said, Rev, I'm glad you're here with me. I couldn't bring her son back to her. I couldn't find the words to erase the pain and the grief that she was experiencing. But I learned that in just being there, the Lord showed me that what I couldn't do shouldn't ever stop me from doing what I could. Church, if all is not well, if you're struggling with unfulfilled desires, don't forget that somebody needs what you have. And you can make it if you don't let what you can't do prevent you from doing what you can. Well, a second thing you can learn from this scripture is that we can handle unfulfilled desires if we learn to seek our satisfaction in the right places. If Paul had been like a lot of us, he could have easily let his lack of fulfillment lead to a constant state of dissatisfaction. Make no mistake about it, there are a lot of miserable people around us today because they have sought their satisfaction in the wrong places. Some of us seek our satisfaction in our physical appearance in knowing that we can still turn heads and make people look. But let me tell you, time is working against you on that score. Pastor Kenneth Fisher, when he was serving at the St. Mark United Methodist Church here in town, once famously said, standing in this pulpit, that there comes a time in every good-looking person's life when they cross the line from being good-looking to simply looking good. And for a lot of us, crossing that line is a source of dissatisfaction. Some of us seek our satisfaction in the accumulation of stuff, and, and some of us have put our future security at risk trying to accumulate as much as you can right now, trying to live up to somebody else's idea of what success looks like. And please don't misunderstand me. There's nothing wrong with being motivated to be your best self. But what Paul understood was that being your best self had nothing to do with what you look like. Being your best self had nothing to do with how much you accumulated. Paul's best self had nothing to do with the things of this world. Paul understood that real satisfaction, Lasting satisfaction, satisfaction that will sustain us through unfulfilled desires comes from having a closer walk with God every day. I heard this same Paul say to the church at Philippi, I don't have a sense of needing anything because I've learned to be quite content Regardless of my circumstances, he said, I'm just as happy with my belly full 
as I am with my belly empty. I'm just as happy with much as I am with little. I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content because I know that in Christ I have everything I need. Somebody in here needs to hear that today. You're frustrated, you're disappointed, you're upset, you're depressed, you're discouraged, you're ready to give up because plans haven't turned out like you thought they would. Your career hasn't turned out like you thought it would. Your family hasn't turned out like you thought it would. But I stopped by on my way to heaven to let you know you can deal with unfulfilled desires if you stop looking for satisfaction in the wrong stuff and start looking for it in Jesus Christ. Well, there's one final thing I want to tell you. You can handle unfulfilled desires if you learn to keep hope alive. When I look at the beginning of this epistle. Paul writes in Romans chapter 1, every time I think of you in my prayers, which is practically all the time, I ask God to clear the way for me to come and see you. The longer this waiting goes on, the deeper the ache. I so want to be there to deliver God's gift in person and watch you grow stronger right before my eyes. But at the time that he writes, it hasn't happened yet. He wishes for it. He desires it. He's prayed for it, but it hasn't happened yet. But he hasn't given up hope. Because at the end of the letter, he writes, I'm headed for Spain, but I expect to stop off on the way. I expect to have a good visit with you. And eventually, you're going to send me off with God's blessing. Well, as I close, let me say this. I don't know if Paul ever got to Spain because the text doesn't tell us. But I do know that he got to Rome. But he didn't get to Rome the way he wanted to get to Rome. When he got to Rome, he, he wasn't a free man, but he was a prisoner being transported from Jerusalem by way of Caesarea. After having been unjustly arrested and detained for more than two years for phantom crimes against the Jewish people, after having endured tumultuous storms at sea, after having been shipwrecked and marooned on an island called Malta, after having been bitten by a poisonous viper and expected to die, it was after all of that that Paul finally got to Rome. It wasn't the way he expected. It wasn't at the time he expected, but it was all right. And it was all right because Paul came to understand what we all must ultimately come to understand, and that is our plan is not the most important thing. What's important is that we are a part of God's plan. And because Paul knew that he was a part of God's greater plan, he was able to keep his hope 
alive. Shiloh, so hear me. When you have hope, hope enables you to look beyond conditions. When you have hope, hope is helping you to see that there is a brighter day ahead. When you have hope, hope helps you deal with unfulfilled desires because hope doesn't say that it's not going to happen. Hope just says it hasn't happened yet. Hope will help you to move past expectation. Now, let me tell you something. If you only live by expectation, then you're always going to be unfulfilled. Because expectation will tell you that tomorrow will be just like today. And if your today is messed up, then your expectation is that tomorrow is going to be messed up. But when you move past expectation, and when you move into the realm of hope, then hope will remind you that we serve a God who's not limited by expectation. I deal with unfulfilled desires every day. I desire people who will give their word and then keep their word. I desire Christians who care enough about the cause of Christ that they will commit themselves to be like Christ to love like Christ, to serve like Christ, to walk like Christ, to talk like Christ, to be committed like Christ. And I'm unfulfilled every day. And if I let expectation rule me, I'd realize that tomorrow's gonna be just like today. But I live in hope. And my hope is not in folk. My hope is not in conditions. My hope is not in people. My hope is in Jesus. And Jesus is able to move beyond expectation. Jesus is able to move beyond what was into something that just hasn't happened yet. It hasn't happened yet, but it's gonna happen. God's people are going to rise up. It's going to happen. God's people are going to come together. It's going to happen. God's people are going to love like Jesus loved. God's people are going to serve like Jesus served. God's people are going to forgive like Jesus forgave. It hasn't happened yet. But I live in hope. I live in hope that God will make a way somehow my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus blood and righteousness I dare not trust the sweetest frame but I wholly lean on Jesus name on Christ on Christ on Christ on Christ on Christ, the solid rock, I stand. All of the ground is sinking, sinking sand. You can make it just because it hasn't happened yet doesn't mean that it ain't going to happen. 
keep your hand in God's hand. And it may not happen the way you want it to happen, but Jesus has a way of making everything all right. I look back on my life and there were things that I told the Lord how to do and when to do and where to do. And I'm so glad the Lord ain't listened to me because I ain't have a single idea about how it was supposed to be. I'm glad he's better than I am. I'm glad he's bigger than I am. I'm glad he's in charge. And now among the many things I thank him for, I thank him that he ain't never paid no attention to me. <laughs> Doors of God's church are open.